Do you ever wonder why some podcasts are so successful? Do you wish that you could replicate the success of some of the top podcasts? So do we. And we believe there is no harm in asking. So we're questioning everything about how podcasts are produced, hosted, and monetized. This is No Harm in Asking. I'm Eric Byron. And I'm Michael Kerr, always ready to share my opinion. We review podcasts and look for clues to why some make tons of money and some don't make much at all. This week, we'll be reviewing The Unspeakable Podcast with Megan Daum. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. All right, Michael. The unspeakable. <laughs> the unspeakable. Can yeah. we speak about this? Where did you find? Where did you find this one? Well, that's a good question. I don't remember. It was this in- is a pretty well known. Well known. Right. I think it's been referenced a few times. Well, I love the name. I think that if you know, I think if you saw it, you would go, "Oh, I mean, that's something we should talk about." The unspeakable, right? Yeah, it's I mean, a great title. It's, it's a great title, and uh, and I love the theme, and so I think there's lots of potential here. So. Let's yes. see. What, let's see what we can unpack here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So first, I wanted I want to comment on our host because her her name is you know, tightly associated with this Megan Daum. Yes. And I want to mention the pronunciation of her name. Okay, Megan. I'm working hard on this, trying to get your name. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're, we're going to do it justice. Because I know on one of the episodes you talk about the fact that even you kind of changed the way you say your name because so many people get it wrong. Okay. So Daum. Okay. So that, that's my understanding of it. it's like down, but with an M. Down. Down. I can down. do it. Not dom, not dome, down. Okay, Megan Daum. All right. And just for the record, I did look it up, Megan. Your name is German. I'm sure you know that. But did you know that your name means a large or unusual thumb? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I just... Is this a thing in Germany? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So, and I don't think I've ever seen a picture of Megan's thumb, so maybe. Or anybody's. You know, uh, I mean, I, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to Google it, so uh, we're, uh, <laughs> we'll just move on, I think. Okay, yes, moving on. All right, so the episode that we're reviewing today, right, is Bitter Homes and Gardens, right? That's Bitter Homes and Gardens with Larry and Fielding. This was an interesting podcast, I agree. And uh, obviously I was looking for something pretty heavy on the theme, right? Something the, unspeakable. Unspeakable, right? Oh, oh my, you know, I mean, I was ready for unspeakable. Yeah. Cover um, your ears. And so, you know, we talk a bit about format here, obviously. So what Megan does very well is she gives the hook. So the hook was a quote, and it's, maybe she's listened to one of our podcasts and saying, you, you got to have a, you know, you got to have a hook. You got to have the hook, right? So she led in with, with what I thought was a really, you know, without question, probably the best part of the podcast. And um, it was a it was a bit of a quote by Larry, who where he talked about sort of the struggles that he had as a as a journeyman actor, you know, consistently trying to find work over and over and each time having to sort of start at the first step, you know, at the bottom rung, if you will, even though he had achieved, you know, some success in Hollywood. He'd been on um, he'd been a recurring actor on uh, Law and Order. He'd been in major blockbusters, not obviously as the lead actor, but, you know, again, he'd had bit parts. He'd worked. Yeah, he'd worked, and and he'd he'd had consistent work. And yet he felt like, hey, here I am at 58, 
and I still struggle every month to pay my health insurance. You know, why is this? This It shouldn't be like this, that, that I shouldn't have to every single time I go for an addition or every time I have to do something. And him and his wife are now producing themselves and starring in a, a YouTube movie. I don't know. They, they, it's a they, show. It's a show. They put it on YouTube. And the dream is that at some point somebody will pick this up and they'll be able Netflix? to... Netflix, are you listening? Yeah, Netflix, exactly. <laughs> or, or uh, you know, HBO or whatever the, you know, the premier... Right, right. so, so that's the Bitter Homes and Gardens, right? That's right. It's a show that's uh, currently on YouTube. And so this was kind of these guys trying to take control over their own That's right. Lives, they're very right? much saying, they're hey... so frustrated that they're dependent. They go to these auditions and maybe it's hit or miss right. despite their track record and their success in Hollywood in decades of working. Yeah. So you say journeyman actors, yeah. they've been busy. They've been able to you know, support themselves all this time. But now kind of try and do this themselves and have this show that can support them and hopefully get picked up by one of the big networks. And uh, uh, and now they're scot-free, right? Right. They're, right there. So, uh, so that was, you know, that was the, in my opinion, that was the premise of the, of the unspeakability of this, that I don't know whether as a Hollywood actor, you're not supposed to say this, you're not supposed to say that we struggle, or you're not supposed to say that these are the things that we've had to do, even though we've had decades of experience, um, and, and some success in Hollywood. And yet here I am in my fifties and I, I'm constantly still trying to make ends meet, yeah. you know, every month. Um, so and that, I think some of this, and maybe I'm just reading into it, my impression is that part of what makes this unspeakable is that people don't usually admit this stuff, Sure. right? That, uh, you know, here I am, this successful actor who's been in all these things and has all these credits to my name, right. yet I struggle monthly to pay my insurance and That's, have to yeah. do a... You know, YouTube. Channel, I think that's fair. Show. I think it's probably, especially if his friends speak. are watching. You know, I, you would yeah. think that you know his friends or his family may be listening and saying, "Oh, you know, this is my son, or this is my cousin, or this is my neighbor, yeah. and he's a big Hollywood actor." You know, uh, Larry Clark. You know, he was in Law and Order. Uh, yeah. Um, and and here you go, and here he is on this show saying, "Hey, you know, yeah. yes, I've had success, but it hasn't been easy, and it remains difficult for yeah. me day in and day out." Um, so that, you know, that was, I think what I was interested in hearing. That was what the hook, at least when I, when I heard it, that that's the path that, you know, I was going to be led down. But first of all, before we ever got to that, it, as it turned out, Megan and Larry go way back. So they had been friends or roommates, what, 30 years ago, I guess, when they were all sort of struggling creators. Megan was a writer. She was a writer and, and he did. You know, a lot of I think he did stand up. I think he did uh, improv. I think he did, um, you he know, did the dishes. commercial. He did yeah, he, he did. Yeah, you know, he did whatever he did yeah. to pay the bills. Yep. And so a lot of this podcast was the lead-in to the unspeakable conversation. And I, you know, it's interesting. Obviously, I think when we we listen to these podcasts, and we all like this friendly banter at the beginning. I, I yeah. mean, it's, it's just vital. I mean, I I don't want to listen to almost any podcast that doesn't have this this camaraderie kind of yeah. thing where you can show that you're a real person and that I am capable of engaging in um, human conversation with another person. Yeah. Um, it's, We've got one coming, a review yeah. coming up. that <laughs> Where, where <laughs> people, people struggle with this, right? Yes, you know, yes, it's not just about asking tough questions or, yeah. or whether, you know. Yes, being able to do this is 
a, a gift. It's a gift. Degree. Yeah, the ability yes. the ability to converse with somebody in a friendly manner is vitally important. But yeah. you you need to decide how long this is going to take, right? Yeah. And uh, but it know, was a great story, though, right? The story of the their other roommate, right? Courtney is that uh, the yeah, name? That's yeah, her, that's her so, last name. Her real right. name is Stephanie Courtney, actually. Oh, Stephanie Courtney. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. She ended up right. So she was a struggling actress. Yeah, just like, like them. just like them. They're all living right. together in this, uh, you know, you know, Manhattan apartment somewhere. Right. And yeah, they talked a lot about those days. But but this particular woman, Stephanie Courtney, turned out to be flow Whoa. from Progressive. And right. I don't know if you know our international audiences in America. You know, maybe right. you know who North this America woman. should yeah. know this, right? <laughs> but uh, certainly in Asia, not. you would not know who this. Yeah. is. But so there's nevertheless, there's an insurance company. She's she, a spokesperson. She's the spokesperson, and she's been doing it for more than ten years. Yeah, a um, long, a long time. So she's a household name, right. really. Flow. You say flow in the U.S. right from Progressive, and everybody knows who this character is. Right. So she made it big. That's basically. right. In their this eyes, is, in their eyes, she's she's made it big, right? Yeah. This is, she's had consistent work, and my guess is that Progressive yeah. pays her very well to do what she does, which, which is mostly just play flow. Because right, she doesn't have to do this yeah. hustle of you know, going to all these auditions. That's like right. They look, they look at right? her like, yes. they look at her like, you know, she made it, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she doesn't struggle to pay her. That's right. She doesn't struggle to pay her, uh, her health insurance at the end of the month. So that was an interesting yeah. story. So they talked a lot about living in New York and, uh, you know, the, the daily sort of issues that, you know, roommates have. But yeah. it, went on for a, it went on for a long time. And obviously, yeah. the, she brought on the, this married couple. So, yeah. so Larry and Fielding are married. And yet, a lot of the conversation was between the two of them because they were roommates. Oh, by the way, uh, so this was an hour and 15 minute. Yeah, this was a very long one. Podcast. And this is typical for her episodes. Okay. When she's got her guests on, um, she runs typically an hour to an hour and a half. And occasionally, I did see wow. um, over two hours out there. So um, she's not afraid <laughs> to you know, go long and keep talking if she's got a good conversation like this going. Yeah, it was hard for me to get through it at the end. I, I must admit, it, it was, um, you know, I would say long, yeah. I, I thought it, it, it dragged on, particularly because the, the first half was clearly just talking about them. So we do these podcasts with, because we want, obviously, our listeners to say, hey, should I do this in my podcast? And so the question is, should she have had both of them? And... I can see the benefits. I know why she wanted both of them because she thought this would really make, this is what it's all about, right? That these, what's the unspeakable part? And I, I guess she was trying to get more unspeakable. Not only was it difficult for him, he was struggling, but she was, you know, perhaps she was struggling. They were struggling as a pair yeah. to sort of succeed in Hollywood. And, and they both produce Bitter Homes and Gardens, Yeah, right? but they, they didn't the, go much into the the Bitter Homes and Gardens. I mean, yeah, okay, they were doing the show and it was on YouTube yeah. and they were trying to, you know, sell it off that this is what they this is what it come to, right? That right. as struggling actors in Hollywood. But you know, she did name the podcast she episode she absolutely Bitter Homes did. and Gardens. Yes. But it, she didn't need to cuz to me the theme of this was really about struggling actors and even even after two decades three decades four decades in hollywood you still don't get the you know unless you're brad pitt you still don't get the breaks right yeah well i think she was helping promote oh maybe yeah so there you go she agreed to do that because it helped promote them okay so that is maybe the right answer but if she just had larry 
Maybe she could have done two. Well, I like I like your your point is excellent, Eric. I mean, I, right. I think or I think she could have interviewed them separately and then edited it edited together. Them. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, we've seen we this we've seen tricky. this trick. Yes. But I I yeah. mean I think yeah it, it would have been interesting to to just have focused on Larry. I found I found him to be a little bit more interesting. I think he he had a bit more of a successful career, and so he could speak a bit more about the. Um, to me, the unspeakable aspect of the podcast. And so that, I think, if I was doing way, it... We said his full name, Larry yeah, Clark. Larry Clark, yeah. I mean, I... I Fielding uh, Edlow. Fielding Edlow, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I was not... I don't think I was familiar with his work, so I, I can't yeah, say... Right. I, I, can't, I can't say He's I would not a headliner, but picked I'm him pretty out of a sure I came across him. his face, right? Yeah, okay. I've seen yeah, he's him got a unique. Before. He's got a unique look. That is my sort of synopsis of, of this sort of Bitter Homes and Garden. Again, I like the, the particular I, episode. This yeah, particular yeah, episode, yeah. I like the theme, and there was the ban- the banter went on. She did, they did the hook. Um, I, you know, I think there was a lot of good things. Um, yeah, but it was you, entertaining to listen to. It was a good. They had some good stories in there. Yeah, and, and the uh, flow, the flow thing made it sort of unique. Yeah, um, I would have liked. You know, I think she could have maybe pushed harder. I mean, I, I think at the end of the episode, I think I should be able to walk away with a pretty confident understanding of what the unspeakable aspect was. And I'm not sure I, I really did, well, and right? And there's a testimony to that, right? It was our prep for this. Yeah, we discussed. We, we say, well, what's the unspeakable part, right? And we're not really sure, right? On exactly what was so unspeakable about this one. So I'll agree with that, that from a theming perspective, if you're going to call the show unspeakable, by the end of an episode, it should be really clear right. what was, well, in the hook at the beginning and then... You know, by the time you get to the end, really clear on what was kind of taboo right. about this, you know, episode, this conversation that we just had, and this one wasn't so clear uh, in terms of episodes. Now she has seventy, yeah, sixty-five, yeah, well, more than uh, seventy now. Yeah, yeah, I think seventy-seven episodes as of today, as we're recording this. You know, and she's been doing it since. Yeah, one and a half years. She, I wrote. Yeah. That. July 2020. Yeah. So as of March of 2022, she has 76, 77 episodes out there. So she has been doing this for a while. One of the things I thought was interesting, though, also was she was very transparent. Uh, Back in December, she did an episode, uh, actually, you pointed me to, that talked about her struggle. Yeah, her experiences over the first year and a half. Right. And trying to monetize this podcast. Right. And being very frustrated that even though on one level she's been very successful and uh, by you know the numbers she's ranked like in the top 5% of podcasts, right, right with as many as 10,000 listeners uh, per episode, but she's been unable to monetize that. And this apparently yeah, this really, really frustrates her. Really, really yeah. <laughs> pisses her off. Right. right? She, is, she was yeah. thoroughly annoyed. I really felt I couldn't do Megan justice, that I really needed to take in her entire body of work to yes. be able to do this. That it was, I, I struggled with just doing this one episode because I, I don't think it's representative of, of what Megan's trying to do, both in her life with her past authoring work, as well as this. Yeah. And you really need, I think, so there are clearly some episodes where she does um, venture into the more unspeakable realm. Really and so taboo I, yeah, more, right. yeah, taboo. 
I don't know if taboo is the right word. I mean, I, I, I think she's, you know, I think she's a free speech advocate. I think she uh, feels people should, uh, you know, have the freedom to s- say what they want. Um, I think, I feel like that's my, sort of the angle that she's gone down. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, I think, is where she's trying to be a little bit more mainstream than, yeah. um, you know, she's, she's, she's sort of on the fringes of, of yeah. taboo at the bare minimum. Well, and um, I think, so some of the impression I got with her and her frustration, though, was, I think she thought that this was going to be not easy, but you know she's a successful writer. She's yeah. written five books. She has a book called The Unspeakable. Right. This is where she got the title um, from. Yeah. Right. What's it called? Uh, the Unspeakable and Other Subjects of Discussion. First published in 2014, did really well. She was an opinion writer for the right. LA, LA Times, Times. Um, for like 10 years. So she's been a very successful writer. And I think... We're going to do a review of Tim Ferriss, uh, the Tim Ferriss show coming up. I don't want to give away too much there, but I think she thought her path here was going to be like Tim Ferriss, that successful author. She was going to start a podcast and it was going to go right to the top of the charts and this not easy, but easier. Yeah. And instead, she's, she's gotten some great following. Yeah. You know, she's had some recognition, except the advertisers are not really lining up. And and I thought it was right. This seems to frustrate her the most is that is that she feels that she should be able to monetize this. I think if there's anything that's difficult, you know, monetizing a podcast um, is got to be one of the most difficult things. And she alluded to it, certainly. But if she's got 10,000 listeners per episode, right, why would she be struggling? So I, I don't completely understand how it is that she's struggling with the advertisers, although it, do you think that the advertisers are staying away because they feel the unspeak that the, are there taboo aspects that advertisers are are reluctant to you know participate in? Interesting, right, Ma- maybe right. it, it's possible, right? And right. I mean, if you look at say a Tim Ferriss, yeah. again, he, you know, he's just speaking to you know um, um, interesting, for lack of a better term, yeah. interesting people right. and asking very good questions. Yeah. Um, but he doesn't necessarily, you know, he's not. He's not talking about uh, left-right political issues. That may very well be an, you know, be a factor in in her ability to uh, to get and some advertising. She commented on wanting to be able to read her own ads. Yes, and that for some reason advertisers were right not, reluctant to that. Uh, yes, were reluctant to let her do that. Actually, she she commented pretty explicitly that she hates hearing some of these right. ads that just get plugged in there and these random voices right. show she up. She didn't and, think that fit within she, what, you know, what right. she was and doing. She just didn't want to have that in her show. Um, she's also clearly had some problems with the platforms and trying to decide yep. in where. So she, she has um, switched she, she's from moved twice now, I guess. So I believe she's on Libsyn now. Right. Um, and that was partly, again, because they were supposed to help her with the monetization strategies and marketing and, and uh, you know, trying to get, break into that top 1% and, and really have uh, some monetization opportunities. But some other things she has tried, which I thought were interesting, she commented, well, she's doing the YouTube thing now, right? Yep. So it just takes time. But I, I think this will play for her okay, given enough time for it to play out and build that audience on both sides. But she is trying that. She hasn't been thrilled with the results yet. <laughs> I, I do love that she's being creative that way and, and uh, attempting to do that. Uh, she also, she's done some merchandise. Yep. Again, she said she loves her merchandise, but it's right. not. Merchandise is, you know, yeah. 
tough yeah. to make a living off your merchandise. Yes, yeah. yes. She actually went out looking for investors, went to some conference apparently and pitched to investors and that didn't pan out for her. And this, this one was kind of funny. Somebody got her to look at NFTs in the crypto space and, and try and do something there. And that apparently was unsuccessful. So mo- it sounds like most of her funding for this, most of her monetization comes through right. um, Patreon, Patreon yeah. support. And, you know, and in fairness to her, like you know, when, she, when, she, when she did that monologue, essentially that 28-minute, yeah. very candid monologue, and you know, I loved it. I, I thought it was honest and it was um, you know, candid and open. She really, oh, yeah. ra- she really raised the bar in my my eyes. As yeah. to, you know, I was much more impressed with her likability and um, and the, the vulnerability, s- vulnerability yeah. the success that she's attributed to this. But you know, she did allude to the fact that she felt, hey, you know, yes, I'm only yeah, I'm in the top five percent, but I don't make any money. But she does chalk it up as a successful venture so far. I mean, I think she, you know, she's found her tribe. Yeah. You know, people meet with her every Sunday. They join her Patreon. There's a weekly Zoom or bi-weekly Zoom call where she gets together and they all, you know, she's made friends. She's made followers. She fully agrees that this has added value to to her life. She's just disappointed, as maybe we all are, that it just doesn't make as much money as as she feels that she should. Um, So I have to plug our last review, though. (laughs) Megan should listen to our last review (laughs) Right with entrepreneurs on fire. Yeah. Boom. Shake the room. JLD is the master of monetization. Right. So if she wants some tips on how to monetize your podcast, she should pay attention to JLD's. But advice. JLD is a different animal. I mean, he's he uses that affiliate marketing strategy, and I think it's more difficult for her to to do that. She's yeah. clearly you look at his newsletters and stuff. I mean, he is working it from oh. every angle. He has products like her merchandise and he has say these newsletters with all of these affiliate links in them. He's making money at every possible turn yeah. um, from this thing. And, but know, I feel like she doesn't want to, I feel unbelievably she hard. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure she works hard too. I, I feel like yeah. she doesn't want to be that person. I mean, I, I think she wants to be, more like Tim Ferriss than like yeah. JLD. Yeah. And, you know, she alluded to it. She's, you know, she's, she's like us. She's Gen X. Yeah. We're less comfortable with this sort of self-branding kind of thing. Yeah. Um, whereas I think JLD is a little bit younger. He understands that it's all about the promo. It's all about the hustle. It's all about the, you know, the well, self-entrepreneurship. It's entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it just doesn't yeah. come as naturally to yeah. Megan as it does to JLD. You alluded to, the, to it earlier. I just think a year and a half in, two years in, it's going to take time. You know, the reality is that very few podcasters are overnight sensations. I have no doubt there are a few, yeah. but but most are putting in the work for you know a long time before you yeah. see any monetary yes. return. My, my advice to Megan would be: stay true to yourself. Keep bringing on guests that you want to talk to, that you find interesting. Right. And that's that, what she said. Exactly. That's what she, yeah. that's why she does it. Yeah. And that's why, that's what gets her up in the morning. I would be interested yeah. in knowing whether she sells more books. Yeah. Keep Again, writing. You know, yes, I, I would good. say, yeah. I would say that you need to figure out what your podcast is trying to accomplish. If you think that it's just going to make, you know, the podcast itself is going to generate money that you think that by talking yeah. to somebody one-on-one into a microphone is going to, produce hundreds of thousands of dollars for you, 
that's very unlikely. But you need to figure out what, it, what, what can you monetize and make sure that it's actually adding value to those things. And if she's selling more books or if she's getting ideas for books, I, I would like to see, I mean, I hope that yeah. that's, that side of her life is seeing, is seeing success. Yeah. Well, and this was one also where I came away kind of rooting for her, right? I love the format. I love the, the concept here of the unspeakable. Let's talk about things that people maybe are yeah. uncomfortable talking about. I think that's great. And she does do a good job. She's maybe not the best at asking questions. Yeah, I thought she was just, you know, to say, you know, I like her. I think she's, she's perfectly okay. I like her. And, and, I, and I thoroughly enjoyed that you know, the candid thing that she did. But I think you're right. I, I don't think, especially in, the, in the, um, the episode that we did, the Bitter Homes and Garden one, how much had she prepared, you know, really good questions? Did she know where she wanted to take this? You know, I, I hate to tell her that she doesn't prepare, but my guess is that a little bit of preparation to know exactly where she wanted this to go, you know, really, really could have helped Right. There. Well, we've talked about this before too, right? That it's kind of the host's job it's their to job guide this conversation um, with some structure yeah. some guardrails if you will yeah and nudge it along where you need to right to yeah to hone in on that thing right we've got a specific theme we got a story we're going to tell and you go in with a plan to get this story out in a way that makes it interesting and stays consistent to your theme right right people come here expecting to hear something unspeakable that's right i'm looking um, and and yeah and so if i had anything so, to say i would yeah. say that she should have been able to guide that conversation um i do want to make a note we always kind of comment on the production quality how you know music and you know sound effects or transitions or whatever um i actually liked her beginning it was it was more of a tone like a bell or a chime than you know, musical. <laughs> um, right, jingle. yeah. She has but, a little um, bit of a jingle that I that I did like, a yeah, tone. Yeah. So um, it wasn't overbearing, so you couldn't hear her voice when she was speaking. So I like that. I thought it was well done, well produced. I, I agree. I liked the yeah. li- So I liked the little chime-like introduction. Yeah. She did the hook, and then she went into a bit of a background where she just spoke. And mm-hmm. I really... She's the most powerful when she's actually just speaking on her own. If she needs to improve anywhere, it's more on the interview aspects than it is because she's really quite good when she, I would recommend yeah, that she, she does, she do more well, monologues yes. than perhaps the, uh, the interview thing. She says she doesn't do her own editing. I know she complains she said, oh, I don't do my own editing. And that's, you know, is that part of the failure? I don't think so. You know, I, I thought it was of high quality. Yep. All right. Again, our conclusion is the unspeakable podcast Make yeah well worth a listen is, i agree is a it's a good one it's a winner i think she's early in her career here she's done 77 episodes she's further along than we are sure i think that uh, we'll see this one uh, hopefully for a long time so that is our review of the unspeakable podcast with megan down next week we have a review of an example of a podcast for business branding. Please subscribe so you never miss a review. You've been listening to No Harm in Asking with Michael Kerr and Eric Byron. Thanks for listening. If you'd like us to review your podcast, please let us know. This podcast is sponsored by Colab.me, the free-to-use platform for interview planning, preparation, and collaboration. <laughs> <laughs>